Hello and welcome to Bygones Podcast, the Ali McBeal Rewatch Podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. I'm Eleanor Parker. And we have another special episode today because we have another Parker joining us. <laughs> we have Katie Parker from the TFGIF Podcast. Yes, hello. Hi, Katie. A <laughs> <laughs> long lost sister. Yeah. <laughs> I know, we might be like distantly related. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's, that's not beyond the bounds of possibility. Uh, so, all the Parkers coming at you today. Um, so, Katie's a fellow Lady Pod Squad member, and I feel like I chat to her most days on the Lady Pod Squad Slack. Um, and Katie, so uh, I feel like we've kind of talked about you coming on the show for, well, basically since I was introduced to you, <laughs> um, because you told us that you were really excited about um, the Annie McBeal Christmas episodes. Yes, I I watched all of Ally McBeal, but the Christmas episodes in particular were always my favourite, and I think part of that is because they always did, like, not in this season two, but in other seasons, they did multiple Christmas episodes. So it was always really fun. And Christmas is my favorite. So yeah. Yeah. Christmas is my favorite as well. (laughs) I've been, I've been rewatching the Christmas episodes every Christmas for, I don't know how long, at least 15 years. Wow. (laughs) That's impressive. Dedication. (laughs) Dedication to Christmas, Dalian McBeal. Yeah. Yeah. I think there should be some sort of award. (laughs) We'll make you one. (laughs) But you said also you used to listen to the Christmas album, the Vonda Ali McBeal Christmas album. Yeah. (laughs) My dad had it in his Jaguar convertible when I was growing up. And so we would listen to it with the top down when we were like driving around. And my sister actually remembered that recently too. My sister didn't watch Ally McBeal, but she remembers the album. The album. Uh, yeah. I don't think we ever had the album, which no. I feel like was like weird. We should have. Bad parenting. Yeah. Our <laughs> <laughs> they were fans too. They really should have. They really were. Yeah. yeah. Ring the alarm. We've had two new patrons subscribe to our Patreon this month. First of all, we have Steph from the podcast Anglophilia. Anglophilia, if you're interested, is a wonderful deep dive into British sitcoms. Uh, So if that sounds like your bag, which is definitely mine, uh, go check them out. They're great fun. And our second patron is J.V. Hampton Van Sant of Crime in Colour podcast and Earth 317 Productions. Crime in Colour is a podcast that focuses on people of colour in true crime. Because if you know anything about true crime as a genre, you'll know that people of colour are woefully underrepresented. So Crime in Colour works to correct this wrong. So thank you both, Steph and JV, for your support and keep up the amazing work you do. Back to the show. So in case you haven't guessed, we're, it's Christmas and Ali McBeal. <laughs> yeah, in uh, Boston in 98. Because <laughs> this is the way our seasons tend to work on the podcast is that we, and we talked about this last episode, like because we start in February, that means we hit Christmas around summer, which always feels very Weird. strange, but <laughs> it's the way it is. It is, it is. <laughs> So, so what are we what are we talking about? So today we're talking about uh, season two, episode ten, "Making Spirits Bright," suitably Christmassy title. Yeah, I had one, and uh, it was directed by Peter McNichol. Yeah, that's the exciting thing about this episode is Peter McNichol directed it. He, that's not his first 
directing. No, I think he did one in season one. I think he did. Didn't I forget he? Which one, yeah, but yeah, I, I can't remember which one. But yes, he directed this one. And uh, Making Spirits Bright first aired fourteenth of December ninety eight. What were you doing that Christmas, Katie? Do you remember when you oh, were? Oh, I would have been thirteen. So... Do you remember anything? <laughs> I don't know. I was probably collecting Beanie Babies. I don't know. Is that too late for that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember you know. 13 exactly. So, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a while ago. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. Number one is still share with believe. She had a smash hit on her hands she, with that it was it was huge that single, yeah. <laughs> um US number one was R. Kelly and Celine Dion I'm Your Angel. Oh, I remember that. Do you remember that, Katie? I, I was this. a huge Celine Dion fan. Like me huge. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I cried when my parents didn't take me to the Celine Dion concert that they were going to in like '97. But I actually oh, wow. did go um, in '98 um, to see Celine. Yeah, yeah. she's playing. She's headlining um, a summer. They do a series of concerts in London in Hyde Park every summer. She's headlining one of the oh, dates wow. this year. Oh really? And one of my friends has tickets. Like some friends of hers were going, and they've dropped out. And she's like, "Are you?" Will you come? And I was like, I bet eighty pounds though. Whoa. And I'm like, I don't know if I can shout out because I have seen her like I actually saw her when I lived in New York. She played Madison Square Garden, and I saw her there. Uh, so I have seen her before. Yeah. And did I'm you, like, do I want to? Do I have the money? <laughs> I don't know if I can. Did you see her at the Met Gala this year? She looked amazing. Oh yeah. Oh her big yeah. Showgirl, yeah. Like, it looked sparkly. She looks amazing. She's it great. looked really She's, heavy. <laughs> So good. Uh, yes, yeah. It did look heavy, but you know, she, she can, can do it. she can do it. She can do it. Yeah. I will say though, I can't listen to that song anymore because of R. Kelly. Uh, yeah, yes. This is a really good problematic. Point. Yeah. yeah, this is a really good point. But I do remember the song. Yeah, I vaguely remember. We just need I to think... just mute out his part and then yeah, okay. just cut his part from it and just all Celine. Okay. Yeah. See, uh, I've got quite a lot of cultural stuff because okay, this is the only episode that airs in December. Oh, so so a lot I was just yeah. like, I've got a whole month and there's lots of stuff. Okay, so, well, we'll just get through it. Uh, UK number one album is Ladies and Gentlemen, The Best of George Michael. Oh, which I really love that album. I love George Michael. <laughs> He's my favourite. Um, oh. 11th of December, uh, Shakespeare in Love is released. Shakespeare in love. I just can't think of it without saying it like, uh, is it Regina Hall? Regina Hall, yeah, in um, Scary, Scary Movie. Movie. Yeah, yeah. I never saw um, that one. You didn't? No. Isn't Regina Hall, Regina Hall ends up on Ali but Beale, doesn't she, later? Yeah, she does. Yeah. 12th of December, the Commission for Racial Equality is called on British soaps to change the way black and Asian people are portrayed oh. after Marcus Wrigley, a new black character in Coronation Street, was seen breaking into a, a house in one of his first scenes. Oh my wow. God. <laughs> this may not mean much to Katie, because obviously no. it's British. <laughs> it's a British so, I never yeah. watched Coronation Street. I no. was like a mass, never a huge fan. Uh, Coronation Street is a soap that's been going for years, like since the 60s. Oh, okay. And it's still on air now. But yeah, I wouldn't have recognize that character no but it was it. just but yeah that's it insane was, yeah like, that's crazy crazy so um 
December 19th, the US House of Representatives forwards articles of impeachment against President Clinton yeah. to the Senate, making him the second president to be impeached in the nation. Wow. Yeah. That was a big one. <laughs> we, yeah, because this year when Annie McBeal aired, this, this sort of season aired, was obviously the year that all the Clinton and Lewinsky stuff yeah. started happening. So it's, it's been in a few things, a few cultural stuffs in the last kind of episodes we've mm. had. Um, what's your memory of that? I'd be really interesting to know, um, Katie, like all of that scandal and stuff coming out. Because obviously it was a bit different for us being not yeah. in America. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I remember it happening. I don't remember a lot of the like details. Like I didn't necessarily know what he was accused of. I think I was a little too young to like be interested in that part. Um, Yeah. And even like impeachment, I didn't know how big of a deal that was, I guess. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I mean, he never, he he never left office though. So it's like, it didn't also seem like a big deal in that way. It was like, it wasn't like Nixon where he no, uh, resigned yeah. and stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We it were... just felt like just boring adult stuff that was going on <laughs> our heads. Like. I was way more interested in the, like, OJ stuff from years before that than I was oh, the Clinton yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 I remember that. <laughs> okay, and the last bit I've got is another soap thing. <laughs> you and soaps. <laughs> because the 31st of December, an episode of EastEnders, yeah, in which the character Tiffany Mitchell is killed yes! when she is hit by a car driven by Frank Butcher is watched by 22 million viewers. I remember that. And so, Katie, to put this into context for you, so Tiffany Mitchell was played, was on this soap called EastEnders, which yeah. um, it's been going since the 80s. Yeah. Um, and she was played by Martine McCutcheon, who oh. is Natalie in, in Love Actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and so, she was, yeah. like, a big character. She was, was like, just, everyone like, loved her, like, was, like, killed. the nicest character and yeah. yeah and then she like they killed her off and it was like a big <laughs> deal shot i remember Huge that shot. yeah i didn't dun, dun, watch dun, that dun, dun, show dun, dun, obviously <laughs> but probably around like 90 she was because she was a singer too right so like wasn't she popular around like 99 or 2000 or something I like that she, yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. she left the soap to launch oh, okay. her singing career yeah. so yes. yeah that's what yeah. happened yeah yeah that makes sense. I didn't know she made it like across to America. <laughs> she did not. She did not. Um, I just listened to a lot of like UK artists. She's <laughs> like, only I knew about her. The beauty of the internet is I was able to discover all these people that I liked more than American music. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she does now because she did love actually and then she kind of disappeared. Disappeared. I think she still does some music. I really don't know. I don't know. Don't know. Anyway, anyway, we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Marty, get in touch. <laughs> we'll let you You're know. Out there. <laughs> okay. So, should we crack into the episode? Let's. Directed by Peter McNichol. Let's. So, um, the episode opens and it's snowing in Boston and Vonda, we hear Vonda on the soundtrack singing Silver Bells. <laughs> it's probably like a soundtrack to Katie's Christmas as well. Yes. Um, everyone's like Christmassy shopping and we see Ali like staring into a toy store like window and then that fades into John just staring out his window in his office at the snow. Um, and then we hear that Nell has come into his office like behind him. Um, and we hear Vonda, the Vonda music kind of echoes off, like, yes. fades out. Um, 
and Nell's like, John, and he's like, oh, Nell, hello. And that's when we see that Nell is wearing this killer dress. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's great. Absolutely. Great, great dress, great hair. Yeah, I mean, I, I've just done a little... The whole ensemble. Thirsty emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, Katie, but Eleanor and I have just been like, Nell is wonderful. Like, this entire season. Like, she's just amazing. Yeah, I like Nell. And when doesn't she look amazing, so... <laughs> oh, I know. She's a dream. But yeah, she's wearing this, like, one-shouldered black, like, amazing party dress and, like, her hair's up. Yeah. Um... And she's basically saying to John that she didn't finish whatever work she was meant to be doing um, and can I can it wait till later? And, and John's like, yeah, sure. And he was like, are you going bowling? Like, making a joke. Yeah, she looks <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, and she's like, uh, yeah, cute. Uh, it's a client Christmas party um, and I'll finish the work in the morning. And he's like, okay, that's fine. And then we hear... Like the beats uh, can't hurry love. Yeah, like we had a few episodes ago. And that's um, when John comes out into the complex and uh, it's all decorated for Christmas, but really lavishly. Like, I don't know, maybe it's an American thing because I remember this from when I lived in America. Like, they go... Like, it seems like the budget is limitless for decorating for Christmas. Like, in yeah. the UK, in offices, it's like it's a so sad bit of tinsel and, like, maybe a tiny little budget, like, Christmas tree, like, fake one. Whereas in the US, everyone's like, we must decorate every surface with all the detailed, like, decorations. And I love that, personally. Yeah. I, I don't think we do it well enough here. No. I think that might be an American thing. Like, my office, we don't decorate, like our floors but the entrance into our building I mean I work for a company that has a lot of money <laughs> and yeah. they just go that all helps. out like yeah a giant Christmas tree there's um stuff I don't think they put stuff in the elevators for Christmas they do for Halloween it's very scary um but they like decorate the entrance to the elevators and all that um, oh, wow. a lot and then I wow. at home do a ton but <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah me too yeah. I, I, I'm, I just I'm a big fan of that so uh, I was yeah. like gold star to whoever's been doing the decorations great stuff um, and well then Vonda starts singing like this upbeat version of Silent Night um, which it's a very might... quirky version of Silent Night <laughs> let's insert it yeah. here because I don't know um, how else to explain it it's yeah. just like <laughs> Silent Night's normally like a really sad like soft tune whereas this is like a, a like Weird. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, but John sees the mistletoe across the ho- uh, across the office, and Nell is stood under it from when she's left speaking to him, and she's kind of got her glasses on because she's like checking some documents or whatever yeah. before she leaves. Um, and John sees she's under the mistletoe, and he starts like creeping towards her. And then we see that Nell is like sensing that something is happening. She keeps and like, looks stopping up. and looking over. Her and then shoulder. every time she stops, John's doing something different to like distract. So the first time he's misting some plants <laughs> and then he goes back into spy mode. And then she looks up and then he's on the phone, like all businessy, like, oh yes, 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 send them over, like whatever. Then she goes back to what she's doing and he creeps up some more. Um, and then right as he manages to creep up behind her, Nell, without even turning, just gets up and just goes, John. Because like, <laughs> she's known he was there like the entire time what he was doing. Um, and she's like, any particular reason you're sneaking up on me like a cheater? And he's like, just the mistletoe. And she's like, you were going to kiss me. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, that's sweet. 
And then she goes to move in to kiss him, but then Richard comes up and is like, hey guys, what's up? And Nell's like, I'm standing under mistletoe, John was on his way to kiss me, and Richard's like, oh great, and he just kisses Nell's cheek. And um, Nell like, looks annoyed. Yeah. And he's like, the party's going to start at five instead of six tomorrow, I figure, who's going to work that hour anyway? And then Billy comes up and it's like, Richard, we've got a problem. Sheldon Na- Maxwell was just fired about an hour ago and he's on his way over and he sounded pretty upset and Nell speaking for the audience is like who's Sheldon Maxwell Um, and Richard's like he's the lead bond trader for Tamarack Mosley which are all words that I don't understand Um, (laughs) he has a a contract they can't just fire him and Billy's like well he didn't say what happened and Richard's like right well he's like basically like action station everybody in the conference room Um, and John's like nodding but he's also you can tell he's like disappointed because he hasn't managed to kiss he's like you can tell he's like can we just rewind and so i can kiss her like yeah (laughs) it's all gone wrong and everyone like hurries off to like sort this like emergency out and john's just left alone and he shakes this like solitary jingle bell (laughs) jingle bells and then they go to titles oh well then mistletoe falls on his head oh yeah yeah Yeah, mistletoe did fall on his head um so poor john well i kind of want to throw in my objection i was going to as well (laughs) (laughs) is it because he keeps he keeps creeping up on her yeah this entire episode and it's just i got so annoyed with this oh it got so annoying i was just like what the are you doing like i don't understand he's doing it because it's like oh an excuse to kiss her and it's not consensual if it was consensual he wouldn't have to sneak up on her yeah it's so it's so creepy and so weird i will come on to this later because um well i'll show you a sneak peek but i've just got no 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 mistletoe must be bad <laughs> especially in an office mistletoe yes. has no place in an office yeah and this is uh, in this instance you could you could ex- sort of excuse it away as being like quite innocent and sweet. Whereas, but, I'm but, just it, like, but it is you're often, not a little boy. But it's often used more sinisterly to just as an excuse for like people to take advantage randomly kiss people to, kiss without... people in the, in a way that they don't want to be kissed. Yeah, right. and and then when they complain, be like, oh mistletoe, you can't complain. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh no, I can complain. Like this is not okay. But I just, I just really hate the whole creeping up yes. on her and just like oh, hide oh, creep up. I, I, Miss the plant. I like. was just like were you what are you uh, like, it just <laughs> annoyed me so much. I was just I literally I, I was like I think the third or the fourth time it happens I literally was just like No I find it very stopped. creepy as well so it's yeah. not so alone. creepy <laughs> Because it's like, you're a grown man. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be creeping up on women. Like, it's just, that's basic, right? No one should be creeping up on women. Yeah. Right. I can kind of understand this office in particular having mistletoe because, A, yes. so many of them have relationships with each other. And also, that's like Elaine. She's probably the one who put it up. Of course, yeah. she would want yes. mistletoe. But. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, the, after the titles, we come yes. back, and it's um, Boston at night. We've got lots of lovely, like, twinkly, Christmassy shots of uh, Boston at night. And um, in Cajun Fish, Elaine, as you say, is hanging the decorations. So clearly she's behind all this, all this opulence. Yeah. <laughs> and she's hanging, she's on a stepladder above the elevator, like, hanging a candy Fair, cane. Yeah. Um, and as um, the elevator opens, Ali comes out, and she kind of walks into these half-hung fairy lights and she's like moaning about having to be in the office because mm. she's obviously been called in because of this emergency and she's asking Elaine like what's going on um, and Elaine's like oh it's Sheldon Maxwell fired and Ali's like who's Sheldon Maxwell and I'm like how come nobody's heard of this person <laughs> this happens all the time though they're like they're our biggest client it's like how many big clients do you have? like they yeah. can't all be your biggest client <laughs> like, he is the biggest client they must have heard of him, surely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's a reason why he would be their biggest client. He would have had other, like, lawsuits that he was involved with. But it doesn't seem like it. Exactly. <laughs> well, Elaine says that he's not only the biggest client, but he's also the client that allowed them to open the firm. So he's, like, I guess invested in the oh. business. Um, yeah. But... It, then I'm Still. like, everyone should know who he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, Elaine's like, they're in the conference room, go right in. Um, and Ali kind of walks off looking annoyed, but she gets her foot caught on the cord that the, the fairy lights are yeah. on. And she kind of gets almost to the conference room where um, Richard and Nell and John, John and Georgia and Billy, like everyone, are all standing in a huddle um, with uh, a man who is Sheldon, I guess. Um, and then... Just at the point where she kind of enters the room, the cord loses, like, runs out of slack, and she just, it pulls her over in the doorway. Yeah. She, like, gets tripped over. Classic um, alley. Yeah, classic. Classic. Alley. classic. Um, <laughs> and Rich is like, oh, great, Sheldon, this is Ali. <laughs> Was Ali McBeal. Yeah. And Ali gets up, and she says hello. Um, and Richard gets everyone to sit down. Um, and that is when Richard introduced what's going on. He's like, we're just discussing the contract, which Nell will comb through tonight, even if it means missing her party. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, and then he sort of says, as, as he recalls, they had no right to terminate without parachute. We'll all be on this. Um, and Sheldon's like, Richard, thank you very much for this response. But I don't think you're going to be able to. And Billy's like, why were you fired, Sheldon? And he's like, they think I've lost my mind. And John's like, have you? And everyone just looks at him like, and then he does this like stutter and then he goes poop yeah (laughs) and Ali's like poop because clearly this is a new one um but Richard um goes Sheldon did they give you a reason um and Sheldon's like well two days ago and he's clearly hesitant to share what this is and Billy's like everything's like confidential don't worry you can tell us um and Sheldon's like well in my office I saw a unicorn and, and Ali like, looks up like there's <laughs> and there's like twinkly music yeah, and, like, and there's like this like <laughs> zoom in like yeah dolly cam zoom in um, and Richard's like a unicorn and Sheldon's like I made the mistake of telling people and George is like that's why they fired you because they thought you saw a unicorn and Sheldon's like I did see one and Sheldon's like and he's like well I saw him about the same time last year and that time he was in my house and Richard's like big unicorn medium size (laughs) he's like well it's the size of a small horse and then Richard says anybody here up on unicorn law (laughs) (laughs) and Billy's like Billy is suddenly like super confident which he not isn't normally when it comes to like these weird like random crazy cases he's like I'll do it and I'll take Ali 
And Georgia sort of leans over to look at him, like with this furrowed brow, and Ali leans <laughs> behind Georgia the same, because they're all in a row. Yeah. Um, and he's like, we'll start first thing. Um, and I'm like, how come Nell has to miss her party to do stuff tonight, but Billy can start first thing in the morning? Yeah, like, oh, I'll let Nell do the research, I'll go home, I'll see you in the morning. I was like, no, Billy, you can start now. But then he turns to John and he's like, I'd like to read the case law on that Pinocchio kid, it might apply. And John looks really scared and he's like, what Pinocchio kid? And Billy's like, you had a case. The kid was sent home from school, thought he was Pinocchio. And John's just looking really embarrassed and shocked and just being like, opening and closing his mouth. And, and Richard like, looks a bit awkward as yeah. well. Richard's like, uh, that was a long time ago and the child was John. Bygones. <laughs> <laughs> and John's just shaking his head. Like, like what? Mortified. And Annie's like, you thought you were Pinocchio? And John was like, I was 10. I had a reaction to soybeans. And then he's like waving his hand. He's like, like, I'm a very honest person. <laughs> and that's when um, Nell starts laughing and then she's like, I'm sorry. And like composes herself. <laughs> this is interesting, actually. I'm like, they, they never get into exactly. this. Exactly. I'm like, what happened there? Like, why aren't we... Like, why aren't I want to know this? more about the socky unicorn. <laughs> I want to know about Pinocchio. What happened there? Yeah, it's really odd. And also, what do you mean? Like, why would you... Why would Billy know about it as if it was, like, a client of John's, but actually it was John? Well, I wondered whether it was, like, a famous case and John just happened to be the subject of it. Yeah. And because he was a child... I don't His know. name wouldn't have been in the legal document I don't know like it just maybe his held was uh, his held his his name was like redacted I don't the, know but like, I what happened know. like why is it a legal case I don't know did he stick his nose into something he shouldn't have <laughs> maybe that's what uh got him into law in the first place exactly <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm just like there's a whole backstory here that sounds fascinating that they're just sort of Glossing going right over. past <laughs> yeah zoomed right past that one uh, so then we have a new scene and Ali is getting out of the elevator in the courthouse and we see that as the doors open there's a woman there who is Lara Flynn who if you didn't know and Eleanor clearly doesn't I was like what the <laughs> fuck is this so she is from the practice so it's another, like, the practice mini, like, cameo crossover thing. Oh. Which they've done a few times. Like, Ali and Billy have gone into the practice another couple of times. Other than those two, like, proper crossover yeah. episodes they did last season. Because I was literally, like... I, I, my note is, Ali goes into the courthouse and has a very strange interaction <laughs> with a random woman. So and we, we never, never see anything else about it. We never watched the practice. No. So did you, Casey? Were you... I, I didn't watch it, but there's another thing with this scene. Is that ah. basically in, like, entertainment news, they would say that... Calista Flockhart was too skinny and they also said that about Laura Flynn Boyle and so them saying that they needed to what was it eat a cookie or a muffin or whatever yeah yeah it's like a meta reference yes yeah so yeah I think so so uh, I want to go through this because um this is my objection okay so um, I knew that it was this what rewatch. So when I originally watched it, I didn't know who Laura Flynn Boyle was. I had no idea about the practice connection. But now going in, I did know that. 
Um, and so they see each other as Ali gets out the lift and they look each other up and down. And Ali's like, is there a problem? And Laura Flynn Boyle, I forget, I think her name was Helen on the practice. I've just called her random woman. Yeah, they don't introduce her because it's assumed the audience knows. Well, no, which is, um, okay. So Laura Flynn Boyle's like, no, I'm just admiring your outfit. And she says, well, thank you. But it's all said really bitchily. Yeah. And then Laura Flynn Boyle says, maybe you could eat a cookie. And Ali's like, maybe we could share it. And I was like, Objection! Because I know the context that you've just said, Katie, and that they were both pulled up in the press for being super skinny, and like that was a huge criticism oh, about really? both of them as female leads in their respective oh. shows. So this, I think, was meant to be David E. Kelly's like, I don't know, like take on it, like uh, <laughs> acknowledgement of this like gossip, and I'm like, this isn't the way to, to handle come this. at that. Like, I don't know, it doesn't say. It's not. It's not really it's an answer to another, it. It's not it, a it's challenge just to it. It's two just women weird. being bit like really catty with each other for no reason. Yeah, like that would happen in real life. Like no woman has had this interaction like with a random <laughs> person as they come out of a lift. Like no. that never happens. So no. it's just it's the weirdest. And if I, it was I just meant found to, it really weird. And if it was meant to be his like stop saying stupid things about my characters and the actresses that play them. This wasn't the way to get that message no, across. It just, it's just acknowledging it's just, that he has heard that criticism. It's not and addressing it, yeah. it in any other way, just but I heard you said this. <laughs> it would have been more helpful for them to do something that subverted it. Yeah. And like, like, I don't know, just have them be friends or something. I don't know. Just like yeah, where they weren't just, competing against each other. Or saying like, you look great or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that would have been like a nice little nod wink type thing to all the criticism and being like, it's not really like that. Yeah, I just think, yeah, this doesn't actually... Uh, say anything about that criticism other than knowing, like you say, it, it's about stating that we know that criticism is there and it does nothing with it. Yeah. Uh, it just makes it a joke. Yeah. Or still at their expense as yeah. women. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised that Callista and Lara like agreed to do the scene. Well, did, I wonder whether. Well, I wonder whether they just felt like. They didn't have a choice. Uh, well, more kind of like. Uh, the only thing we can do with this criticism is make a joke of it, but not actually think about how that joke... Well, what that joke says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they wanted to acknowledge it, and... Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 I just think it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. So that's my objection. Well, that just sort of sailed over my head. (laughs) What the fuck is this? WTF. <laughs> so anyway, the the elevator doors close, um, and then Ali sees Renee, and she like runs up to her, and she's like, "Oh, Renee, I've got to miss the party um, because there's a crisis at work. Um, but if I get off early, I'll meet you there." And Renee's like, "Oh, okay." Um, and then then Ali goes back in the lift, and I'm like, "You went all the way to the courthouse just to tell Renee that? like you could have phoned her like." <laughs> But then as Ali gets in the elevator again, Matt comes out, who we last saw a couple of episodes ago, yes. um, who is Renee's original Billy. Um, <laughs> okay, he's like checking out. I am like, not about that. I roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Matt comes out and Renee kind of pulls him into a side room and is like, what are you doing? 
and, and she's like, I told you I didn't want you to call. I didn't want you to come by. And Matt's like, I know what you told me. Um, and that's when Renee's like, well, then why are you here? You've, uh, you've got a big case starting at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And Matt's like, I'm here because of you. And Renee sighs. And he's basically saying, like, there's a million reasons to walk away, but I don't want to. You know it too. Um, and Renee kind of protests, but they just kind of leave it, like, hanging between them. Like, there's something between them. And he obviously doesn't want to let it go. So back at Cajun Fish, um, we get this upbeat, silent night, like, song A weird song silent again. night song, yeah. And John is at it again, because you see him peek around the decorations. Nell is still not gone to her party, because I guess she's, like, called that off, because she's been pulled onto this other case. Um, and she's looking at papers. John creeps forward. He's all on his, like, tippy toes, and his shoes are squeaking. And then he ducks behind some books as Nell gets up. Um, and you can tell that Nell knows that he's there, because she's just, like moves the books and his face is just <laughs> behind them um and that's quite comical i suppose but yeah it is it is a bit like i'm Come just on, like guys. please stop but <laughs> exactly. she's like are you here yeah she's like are you here to kiss me again and john's like well and Nell goes in to kiss him but then they're interrupted again by the elevated like arriving and yeah. lynn comes out but this time with sleigh bell like instrumental music it's like, like super fast it's like, like <laughs> Yeah. No, is it? Da, 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 I don't know if it actually is that. Is it that? Yeah. Is it that one? Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, it, yeah. Actually, I did write sleigh ride. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she's wearing like this red amazing white. festive red with like a marabou trim, like jacket. Robe she's just thing. in like full Christmas. And mode. she's being like super nice. Yeah. She's full of the joys of Christmas. Yeah. No, yeah. She's she falls out. Smiling. She thought about the Christmas time. <laughs> and I like that about her. Yeah, no, I, like I like someone it. who gets into Christmas. Um, but yeah, um, as Lynn comes out, she's like... Now, ready? Hi, Lynn. We might be late. Hi, John. I'll grab my coat. Oh, Lynn, you're late. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas? What's the catch? Person can't be in the Christmas spirit. And Richard comes up, and Richard's like, Ling! And Lynn is sort of like... Oh, Richard, hi, sweetie, and kisses him, and the musical starts <laughs> up again, and she's all happy, and she's like, can't you come with me and Nell? It'll be so lonely without you. Billy, Georgia, good to see you. And she, like, waves at them <laughs> yeah. from across the office. And, and they, they just look, look really, really confused. <laughs> it's like, someone's just being nice to you, like, you don't have to be confused about it. <laughs> yeah, and then Nell is like, okay, let's go, and they turn to leave, and just as John goes in to oh, lean in to kiss her... He, she has turned and he ends up falling and landing on Ling. Ling. And that's when Ling, the screams. music comes out again and she absolutely <laughs> screams the place down going, he touched me. And John's like, I meant to kiss Nell. And Richard's like, all right, Ling. And Ling's like, you all saw it. He just sexually assaulted my left breast. It's gone numb. <laughs> <laughs> and then John, like, is gesturing to the mistletoe because he can't speak because he's so embarrassed. And Nell's like, Ling, mistletoe maybe he was trying to give you a christmas kiss and then, and then Ling, like, like changes oh, their tune immediately christmas, <laughs> and she gives him like a big kiss on the cheek <laughs> and like the you. music starts up again yeah, again the idea you. that mistletoe is acceptable yes yes exactly yeah like, to you and all of yours and they like finish the scene by like she's holding everyone making everyone hold hands and like swing them in a circle and be like happy yeah, so it's like uh, Richard Nell and John like holding hands 
Yeah, like... <laughs> but everyone's like confused, but Ling's like having the time of her life. She's like full of joy. She's like, Christmas, you can do what you want if it's yeah. in the name of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then we're in a new scene again and Billy and Ali are working on the case mm-hmm. um, and he's saying well maybe Sheldon could retract what he's been saying about this unicorn and Ali's like no too many people heard him say that he saw it um, it, our case has to be that it's not even relevant to firing him and Billy's like I don't like that as a strategy and I'm like who cares what you think <laughs> <laughs> well Richard comes in and being like expressing the importance of this case because he's like I don't want to lose this one um and and Billy's like Richard and he's like his job is everything to him the guy has no family he counts me among his friends (laughs) what does that tell you (laughs) he's like this job is everything to him and that's all he has and Ali's like that and unicorns like that's a really profound (laughs) (laughs) um so then Ali um gets home and she comes in and she switches the light on and there's candles like lit everywhere which to me is always a red flag uh, if you can't see anyone there around. are so many clues in this I know. scene I'm right, yeah, let's and go there's, there's fairy lights and the TV is on which fun fact Katie probably knows this they were it was a scene from the practice playing which is another little like in joke oh, I didn't yeah. know that oh, oh there you go oh, it's a scene okay. from the I thought it was a horror movie on the no, TV no it was the practice uh, so she sense. she sort of like laughs a bit at the practice and then she puts her bag down um, and then she goes into Renee's room which is dark so my question is why go in like yeah. what are you doing um, and then Ali starts screaming because she sees that she's interrupted Matt and Renee Going at it. Yeah. <laughs> what I love is her screams like echo the screams the that are on the TV. And the TV screaming as well. Yeah, it's really funny. And Ali just sort like, of covers, her, covers eyes. her eyes. And she's like, sorry, and leaves the room. Um, and I'm a bit like, hang on. She literally just came to Renee and said, sorry, I'm not going to be able to make your party. So isn't Renee meant to be at a party? I don't know. Like, what's happening? But I'm very confused on how many parties there are. But the clues were there, like the candles were lit, like, uh, and why would you just walk into someone's room without knocking first? And Never do that. It's also, so Renee has like French windows. I was just going to say that door. <laughs> like you could literally look and see <laughs> if she's in there or not. Like I, I just. I've always found that weird, actually, her French windows as a door, because I would just be like... But I'm just like, Renee, get some fucking blinds for your, like, bedroom yeah, door. Yeah. Like, I know you're an exhibitionist, but <laughs> yeah. come on. <laughs> it's true, because especially as her door opens onto the, like, the, the living room, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, where everyone sits and yeah. watches TV. I'm just like... Okay. You need some curtains. <laughs> you need something. Something. <laughs> they did it for the design. They didn't do it yes. for the practicality. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. It looks better than a solid door. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So awkward. I mean, that's possibly the worst thing that can happen. But I love Renee. like Renee's face. She looks like scandalized, sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the direction. They were like, like uh, Lisa, look scandalized, could, yeah, but sexy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Very good. Whereas Matt just looks like, fuck. <laughs> um, 
So the next day, Ali and Renee are having breakfast, um, and Ali gets startled by the toast popping out of the toaster. Yeah. So she's on edge. Um, and Renee's trying to explain, and she's like, it just, and Ali's like, happened! I know, these things happen! Like, really aggressively, like, buttering some toast. I love the way she butters her toast, it's so funny. She's like, studies show that when two people are attracted to each other, take off all their clothes and get into bed naked, things can just happen. she says I know these things happen they happen to me sometimes so I can't remember the last time and I'm like dead <laughs> professor like, like but nobody <laughs> walked in on her no but I think she's talking about like affairs the, wife, the fact that there was yeah, a wife yeah the fact there. that it's an affair right like, yeah uh, that's what I think stopped, she's talking when about when she's doing her toast manic scraping thing she stops suddenly to go what about his wife and Renee's like well he says it's better Basically, basically over, over but and Ali just starts screaming again like <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost like OCD yeah I'm just like you could just be a bit more chill about this Ali <laughs> it's not your life it is Renee's life she knows what she's doing and a bit less judgmental considering you you've done, done exactly the same worse things oh, yeah yeah um so so then we have Richard um, has managed to find Billy at Cajun Fish and he kind of pats his shoulder and they have like this walk and talk um, and Richard delivers the news that they've got Whipper as the judge on this case, um, which he sees as a good thing. Yeah. Um, and she, because he says she's probably seen a few unicorns herself. <laughs> and then Billy says, where's um, Ali? And then there's this drilling sound, which is really unpleasant if you don't like drills or like dentists or anything yeah. like that. Because I was like, oh, it really set my teeth on edge. And I was like, yeah. they need a trigger warning for this horrible. <laughs> but then we see Elaine has appeared in this like red sequin top, protective goggles, yeah. workman gloves, and she's got this like drill in her hand. Um, and <laughs> she goes, she'll meet you there. And Billy just moves the drill like out the way and like moves <laughs> past her. Um, because that's when we see the camera kind of pans Pan back. Down. And the reason she's in that get up is because she's building a stage. <laughs> Single-handedly. In the office. <laughs> and Richard's like, Elaine, why do we need a stage for our Christmas party? And Elaine's like, well, and she puts her goggles up. She's like, aren't we doing numbers? And Richard's like, we do that at the bar, but we're having the party here. And Elaine's like, oh, I have a number. And everyone's going to be disappointed if you don't. And we've got an office pool going as to whether or not you'll actually hit a note. And like, she puts her goggles back on. And then we hear two cowbells and a drill noise as Elaine just sort of drills into the stage. <laughs> but she's like posed on the stage. Yeah, like, you know, it's like, like uh, a sexy calendar. Yeah, like I was going to say the same like... thing. <laughs> it's just so bad. It's like FHM. Yeah. It's like really strange. Terrible. Yeah. I just love how she took the initiative to build that stage. She was like, I'm not going to ask a guy to do this. I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> I'm like, this woman does not sing without a stage. So I will build one. And they will come. <laughs> So then we're in the courthouse and Billy and the opposing counsel in the case are doing their opening arguments to Whipper. Mm. Um, and they're arguing kind of on top of each other, but Billy's saying it doesn't affect his job and the opposing counsel's like, oh, but it could. Um, and Billy's like, well, you should wait until then before making any kind of... And he's like, well, yeah, and then face a giant lawsuit from all his investors. And then Billy says the man's worked there for nine years with an impeccable record, um, and the opposing counsel's like, yeah, but he runs accounts totaling almost $300 million. What if he starts trading on tips from this beast? 
And Billy's like, that's not going to happen. And Whipper's like, uh, Mr. Nixon has a point. Suppose there's a crash. If I lost my money and I found out that it was in the hands of someone who suffers from delusions, and the opposing counsel was like, yeah, and the brokerage house knew of those delusions. And Billy's like, there's no knowledge of any malfeasance or incompetence. And then Ali gets up and says... <laughs> Which I'm like, why is she allowed to practice law? Like, one of those times. Because she goes, Your Honor, when I was nine years old, I was elected president of my third grade. It's not the same thing, counsel. Third graders casting crazy votes is not the same thing as an adult seeing a unicorn. That was not my point. Oh, well then what was it? But my point was, I was a great president. I I, I was organized, I was efficient, I I was the best president ever. The, the, The principal told me. Is that your point? No. My point is, I, I still believed in Santa Claus. I, I was the only one in the class who did, and, and other than a few trust problems with my parents, there were no consequences. It did not affect my ability to function as a president. Oh and I'm like, gosh. no! No, this is silly! Like, what the... Why? I, I am like, is it me, or is this one of the lamest arguments they've no, ever It'd be different, different if she said she saw Santa Claus. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, class president, $300 million. Slightly different responsibility levels there as well. Um, but anyway, Whip has decided that she wants a short evidentiary hearing and then she's going to rule on it. And Mr. Maxwell will go first and then Mr. Poyle. Um, and Ali sits down. So she's done a job. How? I don't know. But. We get a moment of her, like, gift moment of her, like, punching out we the do. other lawyer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I miss that. But yeah, it was, I don't understand how that was credible. I, d- I don't understand. Yeah, I'm just like, Ali, I don't know why you thought this was, like, a good argument to stand up and say out loud. Like, no. Sometimes we use our, <laughs> our in our head voices and sometimes we say things out loud. <laughs> time to be in your head. Um, so then we're in the kind of hallway of the courthouse and Renee is marching along and she walks past Matt um, and Matt's like oh hey and she's like oh Matt what and they kind of look around and Renee signals for them to go into this side room again and Matt's like oh I bet you thought that was it huh got what I want won't be calling for a while because it was all just physical I don't really love you you thought that right and I'm like do you want a middle like (laughs) but they that's when they kiss um, so then that's the end of that scene. So yes. I think uh, Renee's clearly letting him back into her life in yes. a way that she was... And I'm kind of sad for her at this point because I'm like, she was so resolute that she wouldn't do that last yeah. time we saw her and him. I know. So these billies, they slide their way back in there, don't they? Yeah, they, they worm their way back in. Worm their way, yeah. <laughs> um, so then we hear in our next scene, we're hearing a water feature Um, because we can hear like dripping and John has his head in his hands on his desk and we see that there's a water feature there and Richard is sat like opposite and they're discussing John and Nell and this whole situation with Mm -hmm. the kissing Um, and Richard thinks that John's afraid to kiss her Um, and he's like no I'm not afraid I'm just and he's like well but if you still haven't kissed her then and John's like no we've kissed and Richard's like well then what's the problem and John's like well the problem is it's always been her move I want it to be my move <laughs> and Richard goes your move is in the yellow pages under escort services <laughs> I was like yes <laughs> Richard <laughs> I don't know how Nell would be attracted to somebody sneaking up on her to do this like it's she not- would want somebody who's confident 
Yeah, like that's completely. not. That's not. Yeah, that's it's so unattractive. Yeah, it's you're you're totally right. But then John gets offended by Richard because he just stands up and goes, "Could you just leave?" And Richard's like, "You're the one who asked me in here." And John's like, "To help, not to disparage me." And Richard's like, "All right, look, she's just a woman. You're intimidated by her beauty, the long legs, the incredible hair, the porcelain face. That's probably it." And John's like, "What?" And he's like, "The porcelain." And then he holds up the broken <laughs> toilet, which I guess. John, John still keeps on his desk. And he's like, she reminds you of your toilet. And then he sniffs it, which Ugh. is just yeah. I really hope John cleaned it, but even then it's not great. And um, John's like, perhaps you should leave. And then Richard turns to go, but he goes, he's taking the seat with him. So John like calls him back and he's like, Richard, <laughs> give me my toilet seat back. Yeah. So, and then Billy is questioning um, Sheldon on the stand um, and asking about the unicorn and uh, when what happened when he saw it and Sheldon's like well I asked others if they could see it and nobody else could and Billy's like so it was a hallucination and he's like well I didn't say that and Billy's like well if nobody else could see it and Sheldon's like well that only means they couldn't see it yeah and I'm like that's yeah. scientific <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we have <laughs> opposing counsel questioning Sheldon and he's taking the angle that he's got a really high pressure job and that it takes a lot of concentration and focus so wouldn't you get distracted when a unicorn canters by <laughs> and Sheldon's like I didn't do anything rash after seeing it Mr Nixon and I would never rely on a unicorn for investment advice <laughs> good to know <laughs> <laughs> and the opposing counsel says the world market changes in an instant what if the yen collapses and you're preoccupied with a little horn it's like cheese why is there um, and he's like, don't insult my intelligence. And he's like, well, this is nothing to do with your intelligence. I'm questioning your mental stability. You see unicorns, Mr. Maxwell. And Sheldon's like, and that is the only reason why they're firing me. Nothing to do with what I did, only with something I saw. And he, the opposing counsel says, but there's no guarantee that a person who has such visions won't do something erratic. And Sheldon says, well, where do you ever get that guarantee? And he's like, well, did you ever suffer with depression? And Sheldon pauses and he's like, in the past. And the opposing counsel says, did you actually seek medical attention? Um, and he's like, well, briefly. And he says, did you tell your doctor that you saw unicorns? And Sheldon says, yes, he diagnosed me as lucky. <laughs> and Ali um, smiles and Whipper sort of leans back thoughtfully. Like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, this line of questioning, uh, thinking about the 90s view of mental health versus today. Right. Yes. Do you not think? Yeah. I mean, I I have really mixed feelings around this case. I don't know. Oh, do you want to save it for a retrial? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. I just think it's interesting that he's insinuating that uh, like depression is a problem. Yeah. Like, well, I, I mean, certainly, like. I mean, obviously, depression is a problem. But it like, is a it problem. Would be a problem yeah, for him to but, hold down that job yeah, if he had. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was just like, uh, okay. But yeah, yeah we'll. Put yeah. a pin in your thoughts and we'll come back to it. Okay. Um, so back at Cajun Fish, Ali and, and Billy are going into Ali's office um, and they're discussing how things are going and they both think that he did okay. Um, but Billy is saying at the end of the day, he is a man who sees things and he closes the door and Ali's like, why did you close the door? And Billy's like, well, it was open. <laughs> um, and then he says, do you know why I wanted you on this case? And Ali goes, because I'm a good lawyer. And Billy's like, that isn't it. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it was really strange. Um, but Ali says, because you're leaving Georgia. And then Billy looks, and then Ali has this gift moment where her head 
blows up like a balloon um, and then like explodes and then it zooms around the room like a balloon. She like zooms around like a balloon. But I just thought that was a weird thing for her to say. Like we haven't had any Billy Alley moments thankfully so far this season Um, and I just felt like it was David E. Kelly being like don't forget to still ship Ali and Billy because they're our MVP. (laughs) Like that's still a thing. And it's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Like I yeah. And also like that gif like what emotion is that supposed to Oh, the represent? balloon. Yeah. I, I think it was know. like her ego to say that. So she like Ooh, got a big okay. head. Yeah. And then she popped herself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. deflated herself. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes total sense. Okay. Um, I'm glad we got Katie here. <laughs> I was just like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but then she, after she says that stupid thing about leaving Georgia, Billy says, I remember. And she's like, you remember what? And he's like, when we were seven years old, you saw one, a unicorn in your living room. You told me. And I was like, I never. And then she's like, oh, right, that. And she's like, oh, that was probably just one of my fantasies. Um, and then she opens like a folder and it's sort of the, the visuals fade into this slow-mo montage of little Ali yeah. reading a book. Um, and we get Billy's voiceover going, no, I remember asking if it was pretend and you said it was real. Do you still think that it was? And in the the kind of flashback sequence, we see uh, Little Ali kind of look up at a unicorn shadow. We don't see the actual no, unicorn. It's, like, it's just this big blue Still light and she gets like bathed in blue light. Um, and um, Ali was like, oh, come on, Billy. How could it be real? And Billy's like, do you think it could have been? And I was like, well, I've learned to know that that's impossible. And Billy's like, maybe I should put you on the stand. And Ali's like, to say what? And he's like, to say that you saw one. You could be evidence of a person who saw a unicorn, but who's nevertheless not crazy. And Ali's like, but Whipper thinks I am crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And Billy's like, oh. And Ali's like, do you really remember? And Billy's like, what? And she's like, the day I saw a unicorn. And then Billy goes, Ali. Remember everything. Oh my goodness. I know. And there's this pause and he's like, was it real? And Ali's got this like secret like Coy little smile. smile. And I'm just like, are we back here again? Is this what's happening? I mean, um, Katie, it's no secret that we're like not a fan. Billy and Ali. I'm not either. I'm not either. Because I was really worried that you were going to be like, I've watched this every year since it came out and I am Billy and Ali forever. <laughs> no. Because we are really not. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of her and um, a, a future. Okay, uh, okay, 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 okay. Cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, no, this, I'm just like, I feel like in this season we haven't had any weird Billy and Ali moments no. that frustrated us so much in season one and this is now it's like it's starting back up again it's like just for Christmas and I'm like no 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 no, no we don't need this at Christmas nobody needs Definitely this we don't need this at, at any, any time, time. <laughs> it's the nostalgia of Christmas yeah exactly <laughs> it's like oh but it's also magical and whimsical. just be happy with the magic nobody needs Billy to add to that <laughs> Anyway, so the next scene, we've got Matt and Renee at a bar and uh, he's talking about his marriage because she's saying you should leave. And he's like, because they basically live apart in the same house. And he's like, oh, I will leave, but I'm afraid of destroying her and around Christmas, you know. Mm. Um, And Renee's like, Matt, I'm not going to pretend to be too clear headed. If you if I was seeing straight, you wouldn't have been in my bed last night. But we're sitting at a bar talking like you and I have a future. That future isn't going to happen. It isn't going to begin to happen as long as you are living with your wife. 
and I'm not going to do that to her and I'm not going to do that to me. And I'm like, good, Renee. That sounds like some solid, solid <laughs> you know, Boundaries. thought process. Yeah, 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 cool. And Matt's just insisting that all he needs is some time. And I'm, I'm, you know, and she's like, well, how much time? I'm just trying to protect myself. I'm not being cruel. Um, and he's like, um, she's... And he sips his drink and he's like, she's four months pregnant. And what an asshole. Seriously. What? What? An asshole. Excuse me? <laughs> that's, that's what she should have said. But she gets up and she's really shocked. She gets up. She looks... Lisa Nicole Carson's, like, express... Like, her acting yeah. in this moment is, like, so great. Because yeah. she looks... The devastation on her face at being, like, tricked like this. Yeah. Like, because you know, in a million years, Renee never would have done this had she known uh, had he said the that. full situation. Yeah. And just that being betrayed like that, of being... What a dick. Omitting that kind of information so that she would agree to sleep with him. And he's <sighs> known that his wife is pregnant for the entire time that they've been rekindling this relationship. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because it's only even going Completely. on like a month or so. Yeah. I mean, Vonda starts up with, like, the Greek chorus song of Baby, Baby, <laughs> Break My Heart Slay, which the last time we heard that was in the pilot. So oh, really? she has sung that before, okay. yeah. Um, but she basically leaves him to his drink, um, and yeah, she, she steps out into the street, and it's she, daytime, which she, is interesting. Yeah, they've clearly met up for, like, a lunchtime yeah, drink. drink yeah, yeah. And she's just, it's just the way she walks out onto the street and she looks so kind of dazed like and lost. lost. Yeah. yeah. And then like Ali comes around the corner yeah. and sees her and is like, oh, hey. And then she sees that she's really looking really sad and she's like, what's wrong? And Renee's like, I've got to get back. And she's like, Renee? And Renee's like, later. And she just walks away and then she turns back and like waves but then she's like really dejected as she walks yeah. off and it's just like just heartbreaking. Oh, Renee. Poor old Renee. Yeah. Um, but then the next scene, Ali walks into an empty courtroom and Renee is already in there, sat down. Mm. Um, and Ali goes and sits next to her. And that's when Renee tells her what's going on and says that his wife is pregnant. And Ali's like, well, for it to be a problem, you two are together. And Renee's like, I don't know. He says they're pretty much separated. And then Ali says something that's quite amazing she doesn't normally say this mm. she's like tell me what you need advice support and i'm like ali for once you're being a good friend yeah. rather than just deciding <laughs> what she needs yeah and telling her and um, renee's like well i know your advice he knew me before i was tough ali he knew me then he knew me weak and ali's like you're weak now and renee's like yeah and he's the only one who could know and ali's like i know and renee's like i'm not attracted to you and they both laugh chuckle, like yeah. laugh um, and ali's like i'm really afraid you're gonna get hurt and renee's like me too um which i thought was a really nice moment because normally ali is not as good a friend to renee as renee is to ali yeah and in that i think one of those situations where you have to ask the other person what they need because sometimes they don't want to hear you being like, you should do this, you should do that. Sometimes they just want someone to yeah. just, just cry to or yeah. be upset just about. listen. And, and I, I really liked that Ali actually asked the question, like, what do you want from me? Yeah, yeah. Which was good of her. Oh, I just feel so sorry for Renee. Mm-hmm. I know. <clears throat> Men! <laughs> like turns out all billies are like complete balance. <laughs> I know. All billies are complete balance, so let's make that into a t-shirt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have 
Ali and Billy, like OG Billy, um, wrapping a present in Ali's office. Yeah. And I was like, why are they doing this? Is this like some kind of secret Santa? Like, it's office? never explained. No, we don't know. I don't know. Um, but she's talking about Renee, saying that she wants to help her, but when she's hurt, she puts on armor and I like, can't get through to her. Um, and then Billy's like, is it? the worst thing in the world for her to be with this guy and I was like oh Billy you are like the worst person <laughs> in the world to be talking to about oh this oh my stuff. gosh <laughs> like that's not the take <laughs> but Ali's like Billy he's married and Billy looks at her like come on and she's like what and he's like I still can't figure you out on the one hand you reject the world of absolutes and on the other hand you live by them and Ali's like well some absolutes I live by and Billy's like and die by <laughs> and she goes what's your point and he's like I don't know and then they look at each other and I don't like shut up they're doing these like looks again yeah. and I don't like these looks no. I don't like the little looks quite Georgia <laughs> <laughs> it's just not yeah. cool oh my god no you're right Like, and I, I do think it's just it's because it's Christmas they decide to throw this in imagine if we all just got horny for our exes at Christmas <laughs> world would be a mess. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> I don't think this should be a thing. Uh, it's terrible. Nobody uh, should go to Billy for advice anyway. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, John was what doing it last know? episode. He knows nothing. Right. You know nothing. So, uh, then we have um, the boss of the Sheldon on the stand, and he's been questioned by the opposing counsel, and um, he's explaining that, you know, if we had any reason to believe any mental unfitness and we ignored it, then our liability exposure would be through the roof. Um, and the opposing counsel playing devil's advocate is like, oh, but, you know, it's not affected his work, let's be fair. And the boss is like, yes, but let's also be fair to the investors. Are we to wait for the dementia to fully cause the catastrophe? And it's like, sure, let's be, let's be fair to all the rich men. Yeah, yeah. because they really get the bum deal in society. Um, But then Billy, like, crosses the boss and he's like, is that how we define dementia, a belief in unicorns? And I was like, yeah, like, at what point has this become dementia? Yeah. Like, it's not. Nobody's diagnosed it as anything at this stage. No, exactly. And he's like, well, I'd certainly call it a symptom. And then Billy says, are you a Catholic? And he's like, yes, and I'm dying to know the relevance of that. (laughs) And Billy's like, well, do you agree with the Bible that one day we'll see the second coming of Christ? And the boss is like, well, he didn't see Jesus, Mr. Thomas. He saw a white horse with a twisted horn sticking out of its head. And Billy's like, well, suppose he came to you instead and said that he saw Jesus. Would that have made a difference? And the boss is like, probably not. I'd have problems with that too. And he's like, so basically the New Testament, Christ coming back, bunk. <laughs> and the boss is like, look, there's a difference between Jesus and a unicorn. And the Billy says, but if he came to you and said he'd saw Jesus, he'd lose your job. That's your testimony. And the boss is like, I don't know. And Billy's like, well, did you know, Billy's been looking up in his Myths and Legends handbook, <laughs> that according to legend and the history of the unicorn, it is a common symbol of Christ. And Whipper's like, Council, is this where you're going? But he saw God. And Billy's like, where I'm going is that this man perhaps saw an apparition, but it's not grounds for termination. And the boss says, your client's in a crisis, a midlife crisis. And Billy's like, and you diagnose this? And the boss says, I don't have to. He's seeing mythical creatures. He's on the verge. Do I have to wait until he drops over? And I'm like, kind of. Like, (laughs) you can't just fire someone because you've decided they've got a disease yeah like you're not a medical expert no no you just pluck dementia out of thin air thin air yeah 
so then Annie is in a side room and Sheldon is there and she's explaining how it's going um, and saying that there might be some movement, like they might be willing to settle um, or, or come to some agree agreement. And she's saying, would he take a, a lesser role with less responsibility at the company, like research or something? And he's like, no. Um, and she said, well, the only other alternative is for you to maybe admit that it was a hallucination. Um, and she's like, I know this judge and I think she'll rule in your favour if you say that it probably wasn't real and Sheldon's like well I need to believe that it was and Ali's like huh okay and then he turns to her and he says when did you see one and Ali's like excuse me he's like a unicorn you've seen one haven't you and she's like did Billy tell you this and he's like no and then she's like oh, and she goes and, like her eyes like light up and she sits next she's to him like breathlessly yeah. sitting down and yeah. she's like when I was very little, how can you? And he's like, I just could. You know, the people who see them share some of the unicorn's traits. <laughs> and she's like, such as, like, tell me about myself. And he's yeah. like, they're lonely with virtuous hearts. And there's this zoom in on Ali, and I'm, I've just got a note that says, Ali has been seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've just gone, like... <laughs> Telling Ali that she is in fact a magical unicorn is really not going to help with her magical unicorn complex. No. <laughs> like... Well, he couldn't have known that to be fair, but like, yeah, she's uh Like just goes to show how hard the show is pushing this narrative about Ali. Yeah. Like for that sure. she's this like magical, unique woman. Like it's just I'm like, Ali, you're just like everyone else, really. Like you're not that special. <laughs> Anyway, she tells him that she petted the unicorn that she saw, um, and that's when we get another flashback. There's like this blue flashlight kind of dissolved to the flashback, and we see little Ali kind of walking up in slow-mo. She reaches out, and we see like a blurry, out-of-focus horn of the unicorn, yeah. and she's like, he let me pet him. He had silvery white hair. It was so soft. He was magic. And then Sheldon says the magic words, which is, as the legend goes, they can only be approached by a person of pure spirit. <laughs> and then Ali's like, well, it's lucky he showed up when I was seven. <laughs> and then he says, did you touch his horn? Because that has his power and it protects against everything and it can lead you to love. And Ali's like gasping. Yeah. And then he's like, I didn't get close to him. Um, and she's like, oh, well, maybe you'll have another chance someday. And then Sheldon says, well, not if I stop believing. <laughs> so this is the, yeah. why he can't say. He can't say on the stand. Yeah. He doesn't, he didn't see it. He made it up. So ridiculous. then Vonda <laughs> kicks in with an upbeat version of I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Yeah. Um, and then we have Ling coming out of the um, elevator, handing candy canes out to random extras, which great for them. That's their little Christmas <laughs> bonus. <laughs> And she goes to Elaine's desk, which is um, where they've kind of set up a punch station, which is being manned by Elaine and Georgia. Yeah. And she hands over a gift to them, smiling, and the record distorts and stops as Elaine and Georgia's smiles drop, and they take the gifts, and then Ling's smile drops, and Ling just goes, it would warm the cockles of your heart if you had any. <laughs> and Georgia's like, Ling... <laughs> It's not that we don't appreciate it, your goodwill. And Elaine's like, we just don't believe it. And then Ling walks off like she smelt something really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nell comes up and it's like, perhaps she could give her a break. Like she's just trying to reach out to the less fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> and then Elaine, like, 
holds up the gift to her and she's like, I think mine's ticking. And they both like drop, drop the them, like they're like the hotcakes. And then there's this massive swipe cut, which is not something they employ very often. Hang on, I just want to say, oh, okay. like, uh, I'm just like, seriously, guys, oh. like, you're being such ungrateful assholes oh, yeah. to Ling. Like, she went to the trouble of getting you actual presents when she could have just easily tossed a couple of candy canes your way. And, like, <laughs> a random extra. Yeah, exactly. And this is how you treat her. And I'm really glad Nell came over just to be like, catty remark and then walk off. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I just think, you're such bitches to this, like, totally. woman. Like, for no good reason. Can we put in just like a objection because I said I'd put an objection in every time that they're horrible to to Nell and Link. Oh, we'll talk about that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about it earlier. I'm saying it now. Objection! That's what we're doing. When did we say that? Oh, a few episodes ago. Okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, they're just I mean, awful yeah, to Link awful for people. no reason. So then there's this huge swipe cut um, and Ali and Renee are squealing slash standing and playing with a steam vent in the street, which I'm like, I don't think that's like, in my experience, those steam vents smell nasty. Like, they don't <laughs> smell great. I mean, I've literally no experience of a steam vent, so I was like, doesn't that hurt? Isn't it? Because steam's hot. Yeah, I, I, my experience of them is in New York, where they come from the subway, um, and it's like, it doesn't hurt. It's actually quite nice on a cold day when you walk over them because it's warm, but it, it does smell. smell. <laughs> we don't have them here. <laughs> no, okay. I wouldn't play in one. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't like dance about in one. Um, maybe it's their Marilyn Monroe complex, I don't know. I don't, but, um, I don't know. Yeah, but they're doing that and then they run away and then they stop in front of a store window and there's like pajamas <laughs> with a, like, display. a display and I'm Ali's like, oh, pajamas! This was such a late 90s thing. Like these yes. pajama sets, like Nick and Nora pajama sets. I had so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the store that they're from? Uh, it was the brand. Um, they had them at a bunch oh. of different stores. Okay. Because I know that they were really popular, like the sheep one she wears in that like dancing baby episode. I, I had the sheep like pajama boxers. Um, oh. But they're also on like Gilmore Girls and a bunch of other shows too. Oh, oh, I don't okay. think they're as big over here at the no, time. No, well, I don't think you could get them over no, here. I yeah, oh. I still have some. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted some. Well, they're staring at these pajamas, and Ali's just like, imagine being inside of those. And like, like, yeah, <laughs> imagine being inside pajamas. <laughs> and Renee's like, happiness is just a pair of flannel pajamas to you, isn't it? And I was like, yes, like, there's nothing better. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be happy? And I was like, no, <laughs> happiness is getting into bed with anything that makes you feel warm and snuggled. I just now settle for pajamas. And that's when Renee's beeper goes off. Mm. And she's like, oh, this is bad. You cheering me up. And Ali's like, oh, come on, Renee. Nobody's supposed to be happy. It's Christmas. And then Renee's <laughs> saying that the beeper's telling her that her secretary said he's called six times in the last two hours, which is excessive by anyone's yes. count. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, Ali's trying to cheer Renee up, which is nice. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we have the opposing counsel um, closing his, doing his closing arguments. And he's saying, uh, he's basically making the argument that with a physical condition, like, um, I don't know, like Parkinson's or something where you'd shake. Yeah. He's talking about a surgeon. If a surgeon's hand starts to shake, they, they don't wait until he kills a patient. You know, they take, before they take away his scalpel. Yeah. Um, and, 
this is um, interesting because as the opposing counsel continues to like make his argument, um, the uh, Sheldon has his head in his hand and he's got his pen in his hand and it's like yes, sticking up. Like, and yeah. it's, it's a unicorn, <laughs> like a unicorn sword. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. And Ali like takes it off. Him. Yeah, Whipper notices it. Notices it because Ali's like. which is really funny um but yeah um the opposing counsel's talking all the way through that but yeah he's basically saying that they've got a fiduciary duty to their shareholders who put their trust in them to look after their money um so that's why they can't wait for something to go wrong before firing him so then we have billy doing his closing and he's saying the bottom line is he's not doing a he's not being fired for anything that he did but because he believes in something supernatural and whipper interrupts and says no it's because he says he saw it and Billy's like, and maybe you did. And Whipper's like, well, how do you explain why nobody else saw it? And Billy's like, why do I have to? Like, in a week or so, we're all going to celebrate the fact that a virgin gave birth to a supernatural miracle. Can I explain that? Like, there's a world full of people <laughs> who believe stuff that they've never seen. And God forbid uh, you say it aloud too often. But if you're the one to claim to see Jesus, there goes your job. And Whipper's like, no, this isn't about religion. This is about a man and Billy's like, my client seeing something nobody else saw and the automatic presumption that if it can't be seen, it's not there, it's not real. Well, you know what? I think we all have a problem personally. And he's like, personally, I think he hallucinated. He was depressed. It was Christmas time. The unicorn is a lonely creature that symbolises hope. And he says, I would think of all the hallucinations, your honour, hope would have to be one of the better ones as long as he isn't hurting anybody and he isn't. Who are we to say where he can look for that hope? Who are we to say that what he's allowed to see? He's like, we all want to be happy. Different people get their different ways. So you could never see a unicorn. And he's turning to his boss there. And he's like, good for you. And he goes, or maybe not. And then says, <laughs> drop mic. Drop <laughs> mic. Um, so not bad closing for Billy. Not bad, no. He's no. Uh, not That's always nice. my favourite. But... Better than what Ali would say. Exactly. I when know. I was class president, <laughs> I believed in Santa Claus. It um, did not affect my job one bit. <laughs> so it's not a job, Ali. Um, so anyway, once he's finished his closing, piano uh, music kind of strikes up, and and I was like, where is the piano in this? Because we see Elaine um, running rehearsals on the mezzanine. Oh, yeah. And I was like, there's no piano on the mezzanine. Like, yeah. who's playing that piano? But Phantom anyway, piano. John is up for rehearsing his song. Um, and Elaine's like, a three, two, one, go. And he's like, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Which is a song <laughs> that I didn't really know. No, I don't know this song. Oh, you don't? That's no. a common song in the US, I take it. I mean, it's it's not a popular one, but I I definitely know it. Yeah. Is it like uh, the kind of song that would be sung in like schools or is it? For- yeah, probably like All I Want for Christmas is My Tooth Front Teeth. Yeah, I know okay, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, so he's, he's singing a rendition of that. But as he sings, Elaine is like shadowing his moves behind him and like mouthing the words along. <laughs> and then as he's singing, she's holding up an outfit to him and like, and, like, coat, like yeah. checking. And he stops singing and he's like, I'm sorry, Elaine, this isn't organic. <laughs> And he walks off, like, down the stairs. And Elaine's like, oh, no, you're doing really good. John, try it one more time. She's, like, running off after him, singing the song. I want a hippocampus for Christmas. And John's like, no, I'm sorry. You'll have to find someone else. And he just walks off. And then Elaine sighs. But then she starts 
up again. Singing down I the guess stairs. to see if she can do it. Like I was like, what's happening? But and then she's doing it, like moves as she goes down the stairs yeah. like a whole routine. Yeah, she's like sort of marking it through. Yeah. Almost. But then the camera comes to the foreground and she gets into the background, and then we have Billy kind of walks past her on the stairs and that's when Richard comes up and he's saying, oh, Billy, how did it go? And all through this, as you say, Elaine's like continues to do her, like marking through her routine. Um, And Billy's like, well, I gave it my best shot. Um, Whipper said she'd rule today. Um, And that is when Elaine kind of pushes through Billy and Richard singing, no crocodiles or rhinoceroses, which is a line (laughs) from the song, Um, uh, which is very cute. Um, But Billy's like, Richard, and then Richard's like, she gets one number, I promise. And I was like, oh, I don't want Elaine to only have one number. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then um, Elaine finishes off singing the song and then Billy and Richard wince like she's given a bad note. And I'm like, it is not a bad note. I will not stand for Elaine's showmanship (laughs) to be disparaged. They can fuck off. (laughs) So next scene, Renee is at home plugging in a Christmas tree and Telen starts up. Um, in the background and she starts dancing like the fierce queen that she is Um, and then Annie wanders out and looks at her and when Renee realises she's being watched she stops like all sheepish but the music continues Um, and she's like hi and Annie's like laughing like hi what are you doing like and Renee's like I'm trying your theme song you said it works Uh, I can hear it and then um, Ali's like, uh, you can? And Renee's like, yeah. And she's like, join in. And Ali's like, well, sure. And Ali's like <laughs> wiggling. And then we have like this dance montage, around which was the wonderful, tree, yeah. of them dancing around the Christmas tree, all with the decorations. And like, Ali gets a star on her head and there's some yeah. tinsel. <laughs> and like, after this like montage sequence, which I thought was delightful, yes. I really enjoyed it. But you have to think about the fact that they are hearing this in their heads, even though we are also hearing the music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it's a bit it was weird. probably not the same for them as it was for us as an audience. <laughs> I still enjoyed it though. It was good. I don't mind that it was in their heads. I, maybe they were like singing out loud. I'm sure Renee was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, and that like uh, after the sort of montage, Ali's going, "You see, you felt better," and they're dancing. And Renee's like, "I think." And Ali's like, "We should do this every single day." And Ali's like, "I know. It's." And then the track kind of distorts as Renee sarcastically kind of uh, thrusts and then she sits down and she's like, who am I kidding? I just need you to keep telling me not to go near him. And then Ali sits next to her and she's like, just keep hounding me with common sense. That's what I need you to do. And Ali's like, Renee, common sense is killing us. We keep saying that all we want is love. And we keep applying all these rules on how we want it to come along. And Renee's like, what are you saying? And I was like, I don't know. It's not that I don't still have all the answers, just maybe not all of them are accurate. I mean, <laughs> what you said about him knowing you when you were weak. You don't open up to people, Renee. Even me, your best friend. <laughs> Whenever I ask you if you're okay, you say you're fine. Always. And unless there's visible wreckage, I can't tell. You don't open up. And Renee's like, well, that's just how I am. And I was like, well, eventually, that'll get you. And Matt, if he gets in there... You should be with him. And Ali smiles and Renee just looks really sad. And I'm like, this is terrible advice. <laughs> it's the worst advice. Oh my gosh. What's wrong with her? Oh my God. Who needs best friends like Ali? Uh, Seriously. <laughs> Ali's just like a fucking mess herself. And it's just that thing of like, 
where she's like, that bit where she's like, it's not like I don't have all the answers. And it's like, you don't have all the answers, Ali. I think she's projecting a bit. Because she wants to be with Billy. And so she thinks that Renee should be with her Billy. Yeah, Yeah. because that gives her her feelings about uh, Billy, like validity. Like Renee can't call her on that anymore if she encourages her to go with Matt. And I'm like, this is just objectively awful advice for your friend because Matt has hurt her Uh, deeply several times. It's just that massive red flag of being like, he lied about a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just to get you into bed. Why would you even want to be with somebody like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Who's to say what he's going to lie about in the future? Right? Yeah, I know. So... Vonda is then singing Jingle Bells um, and we have Nell talking to Georgia in the office and there's more of this like weird, creepy mistletoe business. Uh. So John peeks out and sees Georgia and he starts to creep but then he gets on a a wheelie, a chair on wheels to like zoom up to them (laughs) but at the last minute Nell and Georgia switch places and he ends up kissing Georgia and then there's a record scratch, the record cuts out, George is like, John! And John stutters and ends it with podiatrist, and then he just runs <laughs> off. George looks really confused, and Nell just points Points at the mistletoe, like, this explains everything. It, as though, as if to say, oh, well, that's fine then, it's mistletoe, we'll forgive all this ridiculousness. Uh, Just like, John, give it up. Yeah, stop, (laughs) stop, please stop. It's not working. (laughs) It's awful. He needs a new tactic. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I know. So, and it should just be asking her or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Just Why like, is it so hard? He's really overcomplicating this. Really seriously. I don't know whether it's because he thinks, well, mistletoe. This makes things simpler. It just but it's like you're making that very difficult. You're <laughs> yourself. Just mad. It's completely mad. It would be simple if he was using it as an excuse and was like, oh, I can go up to her and like kiss just her. Ask. Yeah. And. But instead, he's like trying to sneak up on her because if he doesn't, then there's a chance that she'll like be dismissive of him. Yeah. It's really It's that fear of rejection. Like he wants to get in before she says no. And I'm like, that's not the way consent works. But also, (laughs) hashtag me too. Yeah. Yeah, But also, like, she, we know that he knows that she's interested in him romantically. Why all this cloak and dagger getting up the <laughs> I wonder so whether weird. it's his wanting to be a spy thing that he said a few episodes oh, ago. That he's God. like, I can combine my love of spying with my desire to kiss now. Except you can't. That is terrible. <laughs> I, so I have not watched that episode recently. Uh, that That is a bad combination. It's the one where he goes to the mud club and like, uh, that Ling owns and yeah. like, put, like is, wants to be a secret agent and it's like it's yeah. i wonder whether it's like that hangover from that episode, i don't know but it's, but it's just so weird and creepy weird and creepy not great watch words when and you're looking to kiss someone <laughs> it's not festive in no, any way weird and creepy is not festive <laughs> so then we have renee at home lighting candles and ali's like i'm gonna head out am i gonna see you there and she's like oh maybe we might show and ali's like you might not make it out the door and Renee's like, we might just go to dinner. Thank you. And she's like, dismisses her. <laughs> and then Ali's beeper goes and she's like, oh, whipper calls, I'll see you. And Renee goes, Ali, do you really think that Matt and I... And Ali's like, I don't know, 
part of me does think it's a crazy idea and then it fades into Whipper giving her ruling because it's Whipper comes in going, but who am I to decide crazy? Yeah, it's just a thing of like, <laughs> it's a crazy idea, but I'm going to advise you to do it anyway. <laughs> it's just a bad, bad, oh bad. Um, Renee was very quick to take Ali's advice, by oh, the way. Yes, she, she was. was. She was looking for someone to give her permission. Okay, So that yeah. she didn't have to be like, well, so that if it goes wrong, she could be like, well, you told me. Yeah. Like, like it's not my fault. You can't judge me because yeah. you told me. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, Whipper gives her judgment um, that was continued from, from Ali's kind of speech to Renee um, and says that, you know, we live in a time where people just seem to be more empty and despite what I read, it can't all be about the economy. <laughs> just can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's saying a lot of lonely people out there need hope and they might look for it in strange places and believe it or not, it's not just around Christmas. So she says, I think I'm going to let them keep their unicorns. Discharge is unlawful. Plaintiff's motion for a TRO granted. You're adjourned. Sheldon thanks uh, both of them and then Billy's like maybe next time you see one and Sheldon's like I'll keep it to myself <laughs> um, he's like yeah that'd be a good idea and then Ali says um, thanks to uh, sorry Sheldon says thanks to Billy and thanks to Ali and Ali's like oh thank you and Sheldon says you're a good spirit and he puts his finger to his forehead it's in like, like, a, like a horn salute. and Ali does it back and I just thought that was quite sweet I thought that was sweet yeah <laughs> It's a little salute. Unicorn salute. Unicorn salute. So then we have the party. Yeah. Which is the, the parties are my favourite. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Every party they ever have at Christmas is, fun. is so good. Yeah. I yeah. really enjoyed last year's. Yeah. I feel like I was going to suggest we get a festive like drink to drink, but then I realised it's really early in the morning for you, Katie. You know, it's evening for us and that would be a bit weird Uh-oh. for you. <laughs> Did you guys have the Ally McBeal Christmas soundtrack? No. no I really no. wanted to, like, I don't know. Did they... Was it released here? I feel like it should have been. I can't. I can't remember. No, it's amazing. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, my mom. I burned her a copy of it when I was in college, and she still has it in her car. And she'll listen to it sometimes, like when it's not Christmas, because she she loves um, Robert Downey Jr. singing. White Christmas. On yeah, it? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. I'm really looking forward to getting Robert yeah. Downey Jr. on the show. Yeah. It would be really fun. Getting him on the show. Yeah, well, imagine. <laughs> I don't mean this oh, show, I mean. That would be impressive. <laughs> Gosh. Paula's agent. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, the party, Elaine is singing Run, Run, Rudolph. <laughs> costume with the eye cats all wearing like this amazing yeah. like, festive costume um and then they have um two they also have two male dancers dressed as sexy reindeers i know it's so <laughs> disconcerting <laughs> which it's is so really weird. odd but everyone's dancing and having like the most amazing time and um nell and ling are doing some sort of uh dance together and billy is pouring ali some punch in a quiet corner Um, And she's saying, I actually admit, Billy, I thought that the whimsy inside of you had gone dead and I haven't seen it in a while. And Billy's like, what whimsy? And Ali's like, Santa Claus, unicorns, believing in things that you can't see. And Billy's like, I was just arguing a case, Ali. And she's like, right. And then she goes, 
I miss you more at Christmas. And I'm like, no, Ugh, no, 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 no. She goes like, don't say anything back. It'll hurt either me or Georgia. Either way, I'll get angry. And it's like, well, then don't say anything. And I'm also like, you yeah, can't she, do she brought this. it up. Yeah. You can't do this. No. It, she says everything that's in her head, but nobody else can say anything back, back. to her. Yeah. And also, I think it, this ties into what you were saying in terms of like, the reason she's given Renee shitty advice is so that she feels okay about this. Doing this yeah. with Billy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh. For sure. Um, so then it goes back to Elaine, who is continuing Run Run Rudolph wonderfully, may yes. I just add. She <laughs> cracks She a cracks whip. a whip, yeah, and then you hear this like whip sound, and then Richard and John come out in full sexy reindeer costume. They're like Chippendale Rangers. Trotting onto stage. <laughs> and like that it's basically it's like topless with this like well they have like waistcoats well, oh no yeah they, but they're naked under their waistcoats yeah 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 they're just wearing waistcoats I mean and trousers pants, yeah. yeah but like they, they have <laughs> these suspenders and like, well. and, like a little bow tie <laughs> do they have a little bow tie like, I think they might tie. do yeah and yeah. like they have a nose, and, yeah, they have a nose yeah. on and they just come out and they trot on <laughs> to the stage and all the crowd are like loving it yeah and Elaine like whips them as the song continues <laughs> and then we cut back to Ali and Billy in their little quiet corner and Billy's going continuing the theme it was you who made me believe in things I couldn't see I so miss that and I'm like stop this Billy you're like doing the thing you do your little trick where you implant things in Ali's mind that take her right back to when she had the feels but she started it she did start it but he like always pushes it there yeah, and also no. she did say don't say anything <laughs> He likes the attention. Oh, she does love the attention. It's the No, worst. I was going to say he does. Oh, he... Sorry, yeah, you're right. He also loves the attention. Yeah, they both love it. That's the problem. It's, <laughs> it's actually repulsive. It's to watch. really horrible. <laughs> it really, really makes horrible. me feel ill. Um, but anyway, she's like, it, it, it can be dangerous. I sometimes get attached to things that aren't there. And that can be... And Billy's like, dangerous. And she's like, yeah. And they yeah. smile. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, stop this. <laughs> You're making me vomit. And Billy goes, remember the Christmas Eve I snuck into your house and your dad caught me stuffing your stocking? I'm like, oh yeah. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) Is this a euphemism? And then Ali says, yeah, you do remember everything, don't you? And then... Billy leans in Uh, and Ali freezes so that he has to like really awkwardly twist to her face. Like round and, and kisses her whilst... We can see that he sneaked sneaky mistletoe He's with his like, other hand and he raised it above their heads. And this is where I've got my note that says, No, 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 mistletoe must be banned. And it's in big letters. <laughs> so I'm going to show this up to. Can you see I that? can confirm. I see these notes. <laughs> it's it like, like half the page. It is half the page. <laughs> because this is what. This is not okay. I've got this is not, not okay. okay with this. <laughs> I'm not approved because this is the first time we've seen like Ali and Billy haven't kissed have they no other than other the than fantasy, fantasy one which I nearly oh, vomited into a bucket over and I'm like is this do they think it's okay just because of mistletoe why did do, mistletoe doesn't excuse everything no it excuses nothing like I don't think Georgia would be like oh it's okay it's mistletoe it's like, like oh mistletoe you didn't Hey, now it's fine. In the room. Oh, I get it now. Okay, it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> just awful. Jesus. Ugh. Ugh. 
Oh. Mistletoe is not oh. an excuse. It is not. Never. Um, so he says, Merry Christmas. He's like, oh, mistletoe, Merry Christmas. And she's like, you too. And he goes. <sighs> so then we have Renee pacing up and down in her apartment. And she's obviously waiting for Matt. He's not showing up when he said he would because she's looking at her watch. Yeah. Um, and then we get a knock on the door. Um, we also see that she has a gift in her hand that she's obviously been waiting to like give him. So she opens the door and she pouts at him like playfully as if to say like, oh, I'm mad that you uh, you were late, but um, not really mad. Like I'm only going to tease you about it a little bit. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, is everything okay? And he's like, oh yeah, I had some trouble getting out, uh, Marsha. Anyway. And she's like, Matt, are you two separated or not? And he's like, it's not easy, Renee. It's going to take a while. And she's like, okay. And then she gets her coat and she's like, I'm ready. And Matt's like, oh, no, I thought we might hang out here instead of going to the party. And she's like, you mean a party in public? Like, does your wife know where you are right now? Yeah. And he's like, this isn't an easy thing. <sighs> and she just looks at him and says uh, something which I think is like, the like, she's so strong, Renee. Yeah. Like, I just imagine if Renee, if Ali was in this situation, she, there's no way she would call this when Renee yeah. But Renee goes, I think I'm going to get off while I can. And Matt's like, Renee. And she's like, this might be a mistake, but it's the only one I'm ready to make. And Matt's like, no, can we just like talk about it? And she's like, nope. And he's like, if you could just understand. She's like, you don't want to destroy her. I get it. I admire it. But I'm not going to let you destroy me. And she opens the door. And she's like, no hard feelings. I promise. And Matt's like, okay, Merry Christmas. And you can see that it, it's upsetting her to do this. Oh, like, this for isn't sure. Easy it's not for easy. Her, but she's doing it anyway. She does the right, yeah. that's the difference between, um, I think, Renee and Ali. Like, they're in similar situations here, uh, of sorts. But Re- Ali would never, I think if, if, if uh, Billy showed the slightest bit of interest in potentially separating from Georgia, Ali would hold on to the bitter end. Yeah. And get, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> And try and like convince him that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, be, whereas Renee's like, nah, I'm not playing that game. If yeah. you're leaving her or you're not leaving her, if you're not leaving her, fine, I understand, but I'm not gonna let you like string me along. Yeah. Cool for her. Yeah. Like, well done. Yeah. Round of applause. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they they exchange their little gifts that they'd got each other. Um and, and Matt goes to kiss her goodbye, but she gives him the side of her face. Um so he kisses the side of her head and it closes the door on him and then sort of wells up behind the door which yeah. is really sad poor Renee just before Christmas I know I just ugh. sad times I know um, so but yeah that bit where she's just like you don't want to destroy her great but I don't want you to destroy me either so yeah. goodbye I need to protect myself <laughs> yeah because yeah. you are like you're not actually answering any questions that I uh, ask you no you're just going this isn't easy and it's just like yeah great it's not easy like I get it but can you just be straight with me like he's just not answering any of our questions no so then we have the end of the Cajun Fish party and Richard is, um, all the music's kind of stopped and Richard's pulling Ling's coat on her shoulders and Ling's protesting because she's like, oh, I have a thing about sweat, even my own, and I danced too hard tonight. <laughs> and Richard's like, be a brick, brickling. Um, what does that mean? Be a brick? Yeah. Oh, it just means to be a sport. Like, it's a thing that people used to say in the UK anyway, in like, um, I've seen it written in like, 
books like Mallory like Enid Blyton books like at public school really like posh people being like oh be a brick rah rah be a brick <laughs> I've never heard it be a good sport he's saying be a brickling and he hugs her like and she's like oh get off um, and then Billy and George are leaving and um, Ali's also sort of hanging around um, and Billy's going oh great party Richard and George is like oh where was Renee and Ali's like oh she and Matt chestnuts open fire um, and Billy and Georgia like sort of cuddling close and they're like mm, yeah that sounds nice um, and Georgia <laughs> says oh shall we drive you home and Ali's like um no thanks I think I'm gonna walk and then Elaine comes to wait for the elevator as well and Ali's like oh Elaine as usual and she gives her a little round of applause yeah. she's like um, Elaine's like I gave like a little drummer girl didn't I and Ali's like uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then the music starts and Vonda's singing Jingle Bells again and the elevator arrives and Elaine gets in with Georgia and Billy and they kind of wave and as- Richard and Elaine yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wave as the door kind of closes just as Nell gets there because mm. there wasn't enough room for both of them. And Ali and Nell have this, like, awkward smile as they, like, go their separate ways. Um, and then we have John putting on his coat and he sees Nell on her own. Waiting by the lift. Waiting by the lift. And then he starts creeping as Vonda continues <sighs> to sing again. This is the fourth time, right? Fourth yeah, I, time, yeah. It's too many times. I know, too many times. <laughs> One was too many times. Exactly. <laughs> he starts creeping, and as he gets closer, he accidentally kicks the like some trash from the party on the floor, and he like it's like I hope she didn't get her attention, and she doesn't seem to notice. So then he takes his shoes off, and he like scuttles up. But then as he gets behind Nell, his nose whistles. Nell turns around. There's a record scratch, and she's like John. And he's like Nell, and she's like nice party and he's like very and she's like you were coming to kiss me you thought it would be your move and she moves closer and she's like it won't be your move john it'll be my move would that be okay with you and i'm like see consent would that be okay with you she knows and that's when john does his like little nose whistle and baguette 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 and then now just kisses him um, and that's when the elevator kind of dings. And John goes to Ali. He like um, pops his head yeah, around. Yeah, pops his head around, being like, Ali, we'll be leaving now. But then Nell like yanks him off stage, yeah. <laughs> off, stage off screen. Yeah. Um, and Nell's like, just Merry Christmas, like off screen. Yeah. We don't even see her. And Ali's like, you too. Um, and that's when we see like Ali's the last to leave. And she's walking to the elevator to, to, to leave. Um, and we see this blue light happen and she's seeing her unicorn again yeah like the actual in unicorn the office, yeah. and that and this time we see an actual unicorn it's not like fuzzy it's not like just a shadow like and there's an actual horse yeah. i presume playing the role of unicorn <laughs> <laughs> no it's a real unicorn <laughs> and she goes up to the unicorn and strokes him and like hugs him and kisses him and telling him to have a merry christmas and then she says don't be a stranger and then she walks off um, and she gets in the, into the elevator as Vonda sings, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And for someone who's just seen a unicorn, she seems pretty depressed about it. Like She, she does. She doesn't. <laughs> it hasn't cheered her up. Like, no, it really hasn't. <laughs> but it, does this mean that the show's trying to say that she's still pure of heart? Because that is fake <laughs> news, if I've read it. 
it's also oh weird God. because they're portraying her as being sad amongst all these other people that just left the party happy. Where yeah. Renee is the one who is Tightly. sad. Tightly. But this episode is ending on Allie being sad. Because yeah. she's pure of heart. Renee's not pure of heart. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Renee doesn't see unicorns. Yeah. That's how we know. <laughs> But then the episode ends with like a montage ending. So Ali looks really lonely in the elevator. We get Whipper reading a book on unicorns. Unicorn law. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ling and Richard walking home in the snow. Um, Renee's hanging her stocking, looking really sad, but not seeing a unicorn as we've been. Ali stops and looks in a store window and then this couple ask her to take a picture. I'm like, why? why? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we have Georgia and Billy walking home in the snow and they stop and have a little kiss. Um, and bet- somehow Ali sees their reflection. Yeah, we get uh, Ali kind of look, there's like this overlay of Ali looking in the window and Billy and Georgia kissing. Um, then we have Elaine watching like a brass Christmas band, Carol, Christmas band, yeah, um, holding a present. Yeah. Um, and then Ali is with a plastic snowman <laughs> in the street. <laughs> and then she walks off as the camera kind of pans up. And yes. like, that's oh, the well. end. And that is the that's end. That's Christmas. They all go off to have their Christmases and Ali and Renee are alone, but only Ali gets to see a unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> that whole scene at the end. Um, I, for a while, wanted to be Allie McBeal. I was like, I'm going to live in Boston. I'm going to oh, be a lawyer. Too. And I'm going to walk in the snow through the city. And it was because of that scene. <laughs> Obviously, none of that happened. And we don't get snow that often in Seattle, but... No. <laughs> yeah, I think I... So I did law at university, um, and I think... I'd like to say it wasn't solely because I didn't because that would be really sad, but it had a lot <laughs> on my decision. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, and I think, and I wasn't the only one. I think there were lots of girls my age who did um, law at college because of Ali McBeal. Like, it was, it was in some way. Because yeah. it was just like, yeah. I don't know, she made, it made it look really fun. Yeah. And like, and I, I have never been to Boston, but I did live in New York and like, there's nothing like walking through the snow feeling like I'm, you know... A grown-up, working at Starbucks, <laughs> doing stuff, got my Starbucks, yeah. Like, it did have an influence. Yeah. I, I get that, I yeah. get that. Um, how do you think, then, this episode holds up amongst the kind of Christmas episode collection that the whole series has? Is it your favourite one? It's not my favourite one. Ah, okay, okay. Um, my favorite one is in season four. Ooh, okay. looking forward to that <laughs> in a few years. Yeah. And I want to say that season four has like three Christmas adjacent episodes. Okay. Yeah, because they do have, I feel like last season, season one. They definitely have more than one. two, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. And I, I, I have to say this Christmas episode was not I didn't enjoy it as much as season no, one's because no. season one's was like the party in the bar this felt like there'd been some like Cajun fish were like we're not going to throw that same budget at our Christmas yeah. party this year we're going to scale back yeah it was like, season three I- has a really good party too though good good okay. good good cool. so they, they up the budget yeah. next year they were having a bad year this year <laughs> yeah their <laughs> main client was being sued <laughs> season three's party is back at the bar Okay, awesome. I'll look forward to that. Awesome. So, that was the end of that. Yeah. Unicorn-tastic episode. (laughs) Retrial. 
So, so Sheldon Maxwell. Yes, versus Tamarack Mosley, I think was the name of his firm. What do you think? You said you had feelings. Yeah, I just had mixed feelings just in terms of like, on the one hand, I, I think both sides do make good cases in terms of, on the one hand, uh, they've not got any evidence that him seeing a unicorn is, is, is going to be a problem in his job. Yeah. Like they've not, to me, they've not successfully proved that. However, the fact that this man genuinely believes he saw a unicorn is concerning, uh, concerning and <laughs> maybe it would be a good idea for him to get some medical well, help. Well, you say that, but he said he'd been to the doctor and the doctor said he was lucky. New doctor, I'm suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than one doctor. Yeah, maybe. Go, going to therapy consistently. Yeah, yeah and just check that, because, you know, seeing things that It could be so many things, there, yeah. Could yeah. be a symptom of so many things. Some serious, maybe some, some completely, you know, harmless. Like, we don't know what it is. And I just feel like uh, to to be like it's harmless. Don't worry about him. Let it keep let him keep his job. Is is too far one way. Yeah. But also going fire him. Yeah. He's seeing things that aren't there. That means he's a danger to yeah our clients. Like get rid of him is too far the other way. I also think trying to have a tactic of being like, well, let's just put Ali on stage because on stage, <laughs> let's just put Ali in <laughs> on the on the witness stand because she's seen she's, the she's an example of people who see things all the time and she's fine. And I'm like, that's not a great. <laughs> no, no, she is. She's, <laughs> she's really not fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Billy. You, you you also have rose tinted glasses like when it comes to Ali like uh, it's it yeah it's concerning so I, I kind of feel like there's a middle ground here that's not being yeah forced. that's kind of like well let him keep his job until you can prove that he is yeah uh, incompetent at doing his job well um, but at the same time let's explore some therapy oh. options, like, mm-hmm. like medical advice. Yeah, like let's just double check that you aren't seriously ill. He might have a brain tumor, for all we know, we and that's know. why he's yeah. seeing things. Like, yeah. there's so many reasons he could genuinely believe he's seen a unicorn. To just be like, he can, he can do his job. You, you haven't proved he can't do his job. Therefore, it's fine. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Let him keep his unicorn. Like, I'm <laughs> just like, there's a middle ground. <laughs> Ali sees a therapist, right? She does, yes. yeah, yeah, Tracy. Because yeah. it's yeah. Tracy Ullman. Yeah, yes. that's right, yeah. 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 So do you, what do you think, Katie, in terms of how would you rule if you were presiding over that case? I, I agree with basically the nuances of this. Like, I probably yeah. would have agreed with Whipper. I don't think that the um, other side had enough grounds to necessarily terminate him. Mm. But it's not an unreasonable thing for them to be concerned. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so. exactly. Exactly. I do worry for him though. Like this is kind of after the fact that, you know, he goes back to his job. They're just not going to give him the clients that he had before. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, will he, yeah. Yeah. Is his respect and reputation yeah. intact? Like probably not. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. it is a worry. That is a shame. I think I agree. Like, for me, I'm, I don't think he should be fired, but no. it's, there's something he needs help. Yeah, like, because we don't know what this is. Because, yeah. 
Yeah. Unicorns aren't real, guys. <laughs> Sorry Let's, to break it to you. I know it's Christmas, but... <laughs> yeah, I did find that weird how the main thrust of the kind of magic and fest- festiveness of this episode was basically hanging... Like, a lot of the weight of that was meant to be carried by this unicorn story, and I just didn't feel as, like, enamoured by it as no. I think they wanted me to be. Yeah, like, as charmed by it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I do have one thing to say, just about Sheldon Maxwell in general. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you looked him up on IMDb, but I do have a 90s TV podcast. Yeah. And yes. we have covered Full House. And yeah. The guy who plays Sheldon Maxwell, he was also Dick Donaldson on an episode of Full House where there's a twin competition. Oh. I don't know if you remember that episode, but it's no. like uh, Rebecca, her cousin, comes to San Francisco with his twin daughters for this like twin beauty competition. Yeah. And they enter Nikki and Alex in it as well. And, yeah. Um, it's a pretty funny episode, just like Dick Donaldson, he is a dick in the episode. <laughs> uh, and uh, in the end, Nikki and Alex beat uh, his twins. So. Uh, okay. They dress up as uh, little tiny Elvis impersonators. <laughs> and you guys did a full, full House episode, right? We have, yeah. So, yeah. We didn't co- talk about that episode. No, um, no. But, yeah. But you've covered the show on your podcast. So yes, people who are into Full House, you can check that out. Yeah, uh, We'll leave a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. Who wants to go first? Should we let Katie go yeah, first? Yeah, Katie. What, what, do you, All right. What are you finding? Well, I am absolutely finding Matt guilty. Me Matt too. I, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, guilty, 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 guilty. Yeah, completely. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just a scumbag in this episode. Yeah. Like, there's no getting around it like no. you very deliberately omitted the fact that your wife was pregnant to Four sleep months. with Renee or I assume months right yeah yeah, yeah. how, long, how yeah. long has this whole thing been going on at least a month I guess <sighs> the, the thing with Matt I would say only started like uh, when was it? It was a few episodes ago, so four episodes ago maybe yeah, yeah. which would be roughly six weeks I would say yeah, yeah. So, so really not he would have known. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he would have yeah. known that his wife is pregnant. When he saw Renee on that. Yeah, on the first problem. time he yeah. like mess, met little met up with her. Yeah. yeah. I um. actually found slightly differently. Okay. Um, I'm not saying Matt is not an asshole, he absolutely is. Yeah. But <laughs> we all know how I feel about Billy. Yes. And that mistletoe <laughs> trick was dirty. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> and Billy is also guilty. Guilty. I thought you were going to go, and Billy is also dirty. <laughs> well, he's that as well. But he's like, what the hell is he thinking? I didn't realise that was the first time they had kissed. It was. Yeah, it, it was. was. And I'm just really mad that he's made me watch it. Like, I was mad the first time when it was a fantasy, but I was like, okay, thank God it was a fantasy. But now I've had to see it for real, and he's like, oh, no, but it doesn't count, because, like, mistletoe. And I'm like, fuck off. Just fuck off. Like, you can stick your mistletoe. Uh, You're an asshole. (laughs) So we sort of have similar findings with the billies in general. yeah. Anyone (laughs) that comes under the category of a billy can just piss off. Yeah. I'm not here for it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, I agree. Go away. There's yeah. a reason you're in the past. Because <laughs> we we all grew to know better. Yeah. And like you can't 
stop worming your way back in I with know. your nostalgia and your mistletoe and your Christmas and your four month old fiancés no not four <laughs> four month pregnant fiancé no it's his wife wife whatever like anything like baggage stop it stop it Oh so, my God. yes, that was that episode. Yeah, it, that was. That was that a wild episode. ride. It was. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was that. And thank you so much, Katie, for joining us for this Christmas episode. I hope it's made you feel suitably festive for me. In May. <laughs> oh yes, it's seventy degrees here, and I'm gonna go do some yard work. So perfect uh, activity for after just, discussing a Christmas episode. Just pop on the Alley Christmas album. You'll Yo. get that yard work done in no time. <laughs> my mom is actually coming over right after this so um i think she would be on board with that <laughs> so um where can people find you katie if they want to check out your podcast or the stuff that you do yeah so our podcast is at tfgif podcast that's thank you can swear on this right yeah yeah, yeah, we okay. That. yeah. <laughs> okay. so that's thank fucking god it's friday yeah um, and we're on Twitter and Instagram with that username. And yeah, we're everywhere that podcasts are. We have taken a bit of a hiatus, but we have, I think, 27 episodes that you can listen to, such as Full House. Like I said, Saved by the Bell. Our oh. Daria one is pretty popular. Yeah. Okay. All of them are, uh, it's basically 90s TV, like, they take a different show each episode and, like, look into a couple of the episodes in detail and talk about the history and all of that. It's really, really cool. We've done a few episodes about movies as well. So we've done Mighty Ducks and Ah! Speed. (laughs) Yeah. Speed. Yeah. 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 So if that sounds like your bag, which it probably is if you're listening to us. (laughs) Yeah. We'll eventually do an Ally McBeal podcast. Maybe we'll have to have you guys on for that one. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah. yeah, So check Katie's podcast out. It's really awesome. Yes. Our podcast, as you know, because you're listening to it, we are available for chats and thoughts and any of your thoughts about this episode and the others. Um, we're on uh, Twitter at Bygones Podcast. We're on Instagram at Bygones Pod. You can search for us on Facebook, Bygones Podcast. And we also have an email, which is bygonespodcast at gmail.com. Several of our listeners have emailed us with really long thoughts and feelings about Ali um, agreeing with us, sometimes <laughs> bringing a different opinion, which is also allowed. Yeah. Um, and we'll allow it. <laughs> we love seeing all of that. So please, please do uh, join us. And if you really love us, you can even become a Patreon on yeah. Patreon. Yes. Um, for as little as one dollar, which yes. is literally nothing. Yes. It's not literally nothing. It might as well be. It's something, but... <laughs> it's less than the cost of some mistletoe, that's for damn sure. <laughs> and less trouble. <laughs> As we have all learned today. Yeah. I mean, hopefully not learned, but reinforced. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I would like that to be the takeaway message. Yes. No, no, no mistletoe. Yeah, stop. Say no to mistletoe. Yeah. <laughs> so, Katie, if you want to join us to say goodbye, we want to say until next time, bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs> I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. Just
bring him through the front door. 